Hello, greetings, salutations, welcome to this all new, brand new, grand day out episode. It is currently, at time of recording, a very, very wet, horrible Tuesday afternoon in February. I am currently soaking wet from my drive here this morning. Uh, how is everybody doing? Are we all doing okay? I've not really spoke to anybody in a little while, so I hope you're all doing well. I'm now out of COVID isolation because... Yay! And I thought, I'm on annually for a little while now. So I thought, bugger it, I'll go to the cinema. And I have just come out of a screening of Uncharted. So, what did I think of it? It it was fine. It wasn't anything remarkable. It's a solid 6 or 7 out of 10. My main issue, again, much like... Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which I don't think I've touched on on the podcast, is that somehow it's another video game film that doesn't understand its characters. They're written weirdly. I I feel like had they got a writer on board that's actually played the games from start to finish, they would have truly understood what kind of naughty dog were going for in those games like it's a love letter to the old adventure globe trotting films like Indiana Jones and such it's very very strange that the filmmakers couldn't honestly get that the other thing as well is that I think Tom Holland is grossly miscast as Nathan Drake I think he's too young I don't think he has enough gravitas to pull off that role I mean He's fine in it, don't get me wrong, but I think that he is not suited to the role. This might just be where the fan casting of Nathan Fillion for so many years has kind of been floating about on the internet that it's kind of influenced me in that way, but that's honestly how I feel. On top of that as well, you've kind of had a production that's been so long in development hell that you've had one of the main actors, be Marky Mark Wahlberg, have the role of Nathan Drake passed on from him because he was originally cast to then go into uh, the Victor Sullivan role which I think he's quite miscast for that as well I think I think the only really good bit of casting in this film is possibly Sophia Ali I think her name was who plays Chloe Frazier she's very good and I think Gabrielle Tati who plays a brand new character by the name of Joe, I think she does a very, very good job. She's clearly a uh, take on the Nadine Ross from the fourth game, which is basically what this film is based off, based off of, which kind of leads me into trouble already because that is the fourth game and technically the last game of the mainline series. Why, why adapt that one when you've already got? Uh, three films prior, three games prior to that, sorry, of good solid story there to kind of build on to then come to this kind of crescendo at the end with the fourth game. For those of you who have played it, you will know what I'm talking about. I think the set pieces are quite good. They're clearly ripped from the games, but the problem is is they've kind of put in without any real sort of thought or care. I quite like the cold opening of Drake kind of waking up... uh, attached to a load of uh, crates and such like hanging out a plane ripped visuals ripped straight from the video game 
really like that because as Matt has described it for me, kind of all the game start with a, whoa, what the hell has he done now? That's our Nate. And I kind of like that. It's a good narrative kind of device, but I think, I think overall, I think the film could have done with, like I say, stronger writing and possibly casting again, because as good as the cast are, they're, given, they're good with what they're given, but honestly, I feel like that they could have either cast better or maybe written more appropriately for them, which I guess they kind of have, and having Tom Holland in the lead role, but it doesn't feel right. Again, it might just because of all the dream fan casting of Nathan Fillion that you've had previously online, and obviously the fantastic... Um, online short film that you can see a uh, particular shout out goes to like I say uh, Tati Gabrielle she plays a very very good role in this I've kind of had my eye on her since seeing her in the Netflix Sabrina Chilling Adventures of Sabrina she's very very good she is one to watch out for for sure she kind of brings big Nadine Ross energy to it but obviously the character is not called that they've made a new whole entire new character that's fine don't mind that at all. I think if you're a fan of the games you're going to be annoyed because although there are recognisable moments I think kind of the writing of the characters is going to annoy you because it is for me. I mean the set pieces are very good don't get me wrong I just think it's very it's very hodgepodge and very very much thrown together to try and get this thing out because it's been development hell for so many years now They kind of leave it wide open for a sequel with a couple of uh, post-credit scenes, or at least during credit scenes, I should say. Whether it will get a sequel or not, I don't know. I don't know whether enough people will go see this, to be honest. I mean, that's why they've got Tom Holland in the lead role, to be honest. Let's not beat about the bush there. I mean, if you're not a fan of the games, I think you'll probably get something out of it. I mean, like I say, it's globe-trotting action with a bit of ha-ha fun, fun, clever sort of uh, twists and turns along the way kind of you know kind of along with the history and such like but it's it wasn't for me like I say um, I do think that they needed just a little bit more time ironically given this has been in development for so many years now to really polish off that script really get someone really great in the lead role really Tom Holland is charismatic and he's great fun to watch on screen but again I think he's just too young for the role and he doesn't have that real sort of gravitas which God help me for saying it one of the Chris's could have pulled off but I would not want one of the Chris's in the role to be honest so uh, I think if you've got I don't think the IMAX presentation either really helped. I mean, some of the landscapes in the game are really lovely, plush and lush and uh, kind of cinematic in this. Uh, it didn't really come across because in the games, the settings and such like play a massive part in the storytelling. And in this, it's kind of... By the time they did anything, they'd gone to another location. It's kind of very much meh, to be honest. Oh, 
product placement as well, by the way, is really bad given it's a Sony film. So naturally, everybody obviously uses Sony phones. There's a shout out where yeah, they go into a Papa John's because, I mean, of course they do. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna make some money somewhere, right? But again, just, just to kind of wrap it and tie it up, I don't, I think if you're not a fan of the games or, you know, don't really know a lot about them or really played them, you might get something out of it, but for sort of more hardcore fans like me, I don't think there's going to be a lot in it, to be honest. Just just play the games, they're, they're cinematic enough already, you don't really need a visual on-screen representation. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to grab a bite to eat and uh, see if I can get another film. So I'll talk to you later. That's a bit better now that I'm uh, in the warm and not in the rain anymore. <laughs> so, as you can tell, I'm actually back home now. And second film of the day that I saw was actually Jackass Forever. <laughs> now, I quite like the Jackass films in general. Is the fourth one any good? Yes. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. There was only about, I think, me and maybe three other people in the screening and still had an absolute ball because I think one of the uh, standout times I've had at a cinema is seeing Jackass 3 in 3D with a room full of people and it was glorious. This film, I really, really liked it. Um, you can kind of tell that there's been a big hole where where sadly Ryan Dunn is no longer with us, who was one of the main players on the Jackass team. And along with that, uh, Bam Margera as well, who I believe got involved in some uh, legal disputes and uh, had to exit the film. So you can kind of tell that there's a big absence with them, but the guys have made up for it, introducing, I think, a couple more people to the team. <laughs> um, I will say that normally... The opening sequences are big and bombastic and they're really quite a sight to be beheld. For me, this time around, eh, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like the opening intro was a little bit lacking because it seemed like it was a lot more... How do I, how do I explain this? So the opening intro montages are a lot more free-flowing and more kind of structured it's all kind of done in it's all done in like one shot but kind of with multiple camera angles and such like on certain acts happening this one it seemed a lot more staged and easily so they can cut away and recut in and and such like that it doesn't flow as well as a whole which is quite weird to say about a jackass opening sequence Again, I did really like the film, but I think uh, your propensity as to whether you're going to like this film is if you like seeing uh, middle-aged guys being smacked in the balls repeatedly or being hurt. I mean, I, for one, I'm all for it, and I thought it was freaking hilarious. I didn't think that the bigger stunts they did this time round were as impressive as ones they did in previous films, whether that be because obviously the guys are a little bit older now. I mean, they must be in their 40s or 50s uh, compared to when they originally started out, like 20-odd years ago, I think it was, in comparison with now and obviously 
you've got two two of the creative figureheads kind of now missing as well. I wonder whether some of their more whether the more bigger and zanier stunts were their ideas and not having them involved kind of hurt that. I'm not entirely sure. You can also tell as well it was made during lockdown because at one point Johnny Knoxville has like dyed hair and then the next point <laughs> he's kind of gone grey and he's just let it go. So you can kind of tell one part sort of filmed pre-pandemic and then the next part sort of filmed during lockdowns and um, when things opened up again like last year and such like and in 2020s. But yeah, I mean I really enjoyed it. Again, it's quite ironic given that I think this film is the highest rated film of the uh, of the series. I can kind of see why, because I think at this point the critics have kind of got used to it and gone, right, it's Jackass, we know what we get him at this point. Oh, it was Ruro, it was also really nice to see Lance the cameraman back clearly puking everywhere whenever anything disgusting happens. So that was that was quite nice to see. As a bookend to the series, I I'm okay if they don't do anymore. I was really okay with it kind of after the third one because of the way it finished. It was kind of a 10-year anniversary. This time around it's more like a 20-year anniversary and a lot of the stunts they do are very, very similar to stuff in those original series on MTV and the original films as well. And they make reference to this, you know, in like the end credits. They kind of show them side by side and the, the kind of... You see these young, trim guys who are just like having fun and hurting themselves and stuff just for no good reason to seeing them older and pudgier and just kind of... I mean, they're still good. They're still great performers. Don't get me wrong. But you kind of look at it and you go, it's a little bit, a little bit ridiculous now. But um, yeah, having the fresh blood involved is really quite nice. If they want to make Jackass like a, an ongoing thing, having the recurring... Obviously, having them pass on the baton to the newer generation, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine for that. They were quite likeable. I don't think they got enough uh, spotlight necessarily in this film because a lot of it is all kind of still focused on, <laughs> I'm Steve-O and, uh, you know, Preston, Wee Man and uh, Johnny Knoxville himself. But, I mean, overall, I had a good time. I don't know if I would go out of my way again to see it. I think once is probably... Uh, I think it's a one and done, unless it comes on TV or it's on streaming at some point where I don't have to pay for it again. But, I mean, if you like Jackass and you know exactly what you're going to go in for, it's it's worth a look at least. Like I say, I personally don't think it's as good as the previous ones, mainly because, like I say, the stunts don't feel as big. And, you know, obviously the COVID lockdown and such in the middle didn't really help. So obviously they couldn't travel the world like they normally do and go sort of all over the places and such like but you know it, it's just one of those things at a different time in a different place who knows it could have been entirely different and i dread to think how much other footage they've got in and kind of on the back burner because i know the previous like three films they've had 0.5 versions with a lot of uh quote unquote cut deleted scenes kind of uh, all smushed together to to make a new film and such so be quite uh interested to see how much footage they actually shot when that comes out so but yeah jackass forever 
to good. It's a, it's a fitting tribute, I think, to end kind of the franchise on if if that's what they're going to do. I don't think they will because they'll keep churning the money up. They will keep milking that cow until it comes home. Well, maybe not milking it, maybe like wanking it off or something because, you know, they, they like using animal cum. But anyway, moving on from it. <laughs> yeah, jackass. There we go, and now we're back indoors, in, in the warm this time, thankfully. <laughs> Didn't see too many films this time around, which is quite unusual for me. I think it's probably mainly because a lot of things came out after the post, came out post-Christmas, and unfortunately a lot of the beginning of January this year was, for me anyway, spent in self-isolation because of the dreaded C virus. So, yeah, good times all around. Not too much to speak about this time either. At the moment, anyway, on streaming services, if anything does come up, we'll probably bring it up on a new side order that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I think the last thing we need to speak about, really, is the very sad passing of Ivan and Reitman, prolific, TV, film, director and producer. There's a good chance if you've enjoyed a comedy film over the last 20, 30 years coming out from Hollywood, he has most likely had his hand in it. He directed things such as Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. I mean, hell, he even directed uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in, uh, in Twins and things like that. So it kind of, you know, and he was, you know such a prolific director but on top of that as well he had his hands in many many parts that he produced as well like animal house and space jam you know baywatch from 2017 you know he even helped produce the 1975 shivers you know by david cronenberg which is such a very strange thing to say given that the man is mostly associated with comedy films he obviously leaves behind his son jason reitman who directed very recently the new ghostbusters afterlife film yeah just very very sad and completely unexpected out of the blue i mean he was he was not a young fellow shall we say but but nonetheless he's kind of he he's kind of uh he's the legacy he leaves behind is massive on popular culture and popular film is just absolutely staggering. Like I said before, if if there is a comedy film that you've liked within the past thirty years or so, there's a very, very good chance he he was either, you know, producing it, directing it, or or what have you, you know. Such a he always comes across as such a really nice guy and kind of for the fans kind of thing always had a moment to speak to his fans and such like so we just want to say from everyone at anyone for seconds just want to say thank you very much and rest in power <laughs>